It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. All across the fantasy universe, welcome back, everybody, to the Two Point Stance, powered by FantasyPoints.com. I'm your host, Brian Drake, on Twitter at DrakeFantasy. Joined every single episode by my main man, Mr. Joe Dolan, the managing editor of FantasyPoints.com. He's at FG underscore Dolan on the Twitter machine. The Two Point Stance is back, baby. So is NFL training camps. Joe, we're going to go through... Some of the news of the day and some of the hot headlines as we head into the first real meat and potatoes week of the NFL preseason. I can't believe we're at this point, but man, the news is coming hot and heavy. We got to be ready because there are drafts that are going to be starting up for leagues around the country before we can blink an eye. Yeah, you're in a draft this weekend, Drake, aren't you? You're going to the Kings Classic up in Canton. I will not be uh, attending this year. I hope you have fun, and I hope uh, you get an opportunity to actually win one of those belts this year. I know you had it snatched from your hands by Graham last year. Um, so I'm sorry about that, Drake, but to bring that up. Kick me in the balls. You're drafting right. this weekend, though, man. And it's uh, – it's 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 is it what – I mean, you know what's funny about it? The, the Kings Classic. Is there a buy-in for that league? Yes, there is. Okay, okay. All right, because sometimes, like, my my Flex League drafts that I have, I've won three of the last four, and I've got – I actually still have my belts out in the hallway, so my wife is reminded of my greatness every time she walks down the hallway <laughs> from her office. Um, though the, That's the only prize in that league is just the belts. And, I don't know, I still try to win them because it's cool, you know? I – I mean, I have enough leagues where I have a buy-in. And then there's, you know, there's other leagues where, you know, if I'm doing a charity league or something like that, I I, I donate to the charity. But like mm-hmm. when it comes to the league itself, you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna quit, but it's not my biggest priority, uh, in terms sure. of like making sure I get heavy into the waivers on, you know, a Tuesday night. But man, the belt. I don't know what it is. That flex league, I try my ass off every year, and I'm sure you're going to do the same at the Kings Classic. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that next week, your draft. Uh, maybe I'll roast you. We can uh, we can go through your draft uh, from the Kings Classic. Uh, anyway, I hope you have fun this weekend. Sorry I won't be there, but uh, that's why we're chatting right now. Yeah, and uh, it'll be a blast. I'll be drafting in the, the Jim Brown division against uh, some guys you may have heard of, Brad Evans and uh, – Oh, let's see. Mike Clay is in that league. Mr. Bob Harris. So, so all, all the big hitters. And then your boy, Brian Drake, representing the two-point stance and fantasypoints.com. So proud to be there. Now, but are you doing you... the auction and the redraft again? Is that because that's how everything goes with that, right? There's yeah, two there's two leagues. drafts out there. I technically split it with um, another buddy of mine. So I let him do the auction. I do the snake. I'd love to do both. I've done them in the past, but. Uh, just the setup he he and I have like a Graham was that that way last year where I think there was another guy that did the auction for him. So um, either way, you know, we'll have fun with it and report back next week. But when you go out there and you're doing especially a 14 team draft and some of you guys listening, I guarantee you've got drafts coming up <laughs> before you know it. You got to follow these injury situations because you're at work. You got kids, you know, they're playing soccer and baseball and you're going to the pool and you got a vacation. You can miss a ton of camp news. Trust me. This is what we, Joe and I do for a living, and we can miss camp news. you got to grind it every day. We're going to do our best on this pod, catch you up to speed on a bunch of things going on around the NFL. Let's start in the Pacific Northwest with the Seattle Seahawks and their running back situation because Kenneth Walker hasn't practiced since the first few days of camp. That's a problem, folks, as now games are kicking off this weekend in the preseason. Pete Carroll... You can't trust anything he says, but he did come out and say today it's not a serious injury that Ken Walker is running full speed in a straight line and he's going to then begin cutting. I mean, that sounds like a pretty serious injury to me. I mean, geez, Louise, if you can't go laterally and now we're just going to try to get some cuts going on here, that that's worrisome. And, and Zach Charbonnet was banged up for a while where he said he's out indefinitely and then Zach comes back to practice. But what do you make of this? Ken Walker injury and just this backfield as a whole as we head into drafts. So we um we 
I have an injury expert on staff, obviously. If you listen to the podcast, you're well aware of Dr. Edwin Porras. And I actually asked his opinion about this today, and he put out a tweet, as he is wont to do. Um, average missed time with a groin strain is one to three weeks. So, all right, Ken Walker got injured, what, a week and a half to two weeks ago? So that's right in the, that's right in the time frame. The median missed time is 18 days. So, again, well within that time frame. Here's what Edwin opined. If we don't see Ken Walker back on the field by the end of next week and hear no developments, this could be bad and potentially require surgery. Barring that, there's no reason to panic right now. Now, Pete Carroll has no reason to tell us the truth. He also has no reason to lie to us. Um, it gives him no competitive advantage to lie to us. Uh, but at this point, Edwin thinks it could just be a minor groin strain that they're taking day by day. But... For somebody who probably would have been on the cusp of a first-round draft pick, I think he probably would be going in that second-round range where you know Saquon's going, uh, Tony Pollard's going. Uh, before the Zach Charbonnet draft pick, the fact that Zach Charbonnet is now in this backfield, the fact that Ken Walker is dealing with a groin injury for the second consecutive year, now last year was an inguinal hernia, which was not a sports hernia, but the kind of hernia that I had when I was three years old where you're Literally, your intestines rip through your abdominal wall. Not a fun Good injury. Lord. Drake, yeah. Uh, the, that when you hear somebody has a hernia, that's what that means. Um, uh, he had that last year. I don't. I doubt this is related. Maybe it is, but we'll see about Ken, Kenneth Walker. It's the end of next week where we have to worry about him. And I feel like drafts going on this weekend. He's probably just going to fall farther down the draft boards. You know, I was in a best ball. Um, I do I, my underdog drafts, uh, slow drafts that I'm in. I've seen him available in the fifth round on the regular at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if he slips into the sixth. If you want to do an underdog draft, we have the code fantasy PTS. We're going to match your first deposit up to $100. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute. I just got done doing a slow puppy draft. When you say slow, my God, this one took <laughs> two weeks. They are slow drafts. If you start one today, maybe you'll get it in by the start of the season. You know, I will say that uh, I'm in so many of them that I don't re really recognize which ones of my drafts are going extra slow. <laughs> because, like, like if you're in as many as I'm in, I don't even remember which players. I have to look at which players I have on the team when I go in, which is smart anyway. Be like, all right, I need this stack. I need that stack. Oh, I need to attack mm -hmm. that position. But, yeah, I don't really realize when I'm in so many of them. But that's why I do the slow ones. You know, it just gives me something to do. And, you know, you're able to react to news in real time almost. Well, everybody reacts in real time to this Kansas City backfield. It seems every mm. year there's somebody new popping up. There's Darwin Thompson. And then last year we started hearing about Isaiah Pacheco. This year it's Daneric Prince because Isaiah Pacheco, although he avoided the pup, he's, uh, you know, having issues with his shoulder and he has yet to be cleared for contact. They're saying he could do so by August 20th. Why is August 20th an important day? Because it's my birthday. That's Congratulations. why. Yeah, there you go. So they hope that he's ready for the season opener on September the 7th. This backfield's kind of muddled, though, Joe. You have Pacheco, who's kind of this just between the 20s grinder. You've still got uh, CEH somehow kicking around this roster. You got Jarek McKinnon, who was a savior to, to many people at the end of last season. And then you got this generic Prince guy who could make the roster and yeah. people are hyping up. What do you make of this whole backfield? Um, the, the reason people like this backfield is because the Chiefs score points. So there's always going to be somebody who's putting up numbers. My, I think my favorite one to draft right now is Jarek McKinnon. Um, but I think it could be just like last year. The Chiefs understand that Jarek McKinnon has had, um, has had injury problems in his career. And because of that, the Chiefs might take it easy on him early in the season. So he's ready for later in the season. So yeah, Daneric Prince out of Tulsa. He is the undrafted rookie. Look, it's an undrafted running back. We've seen these guys make it make impacts, and I wouldn't be surprised if Daneric Prince makes this team and does a great job. We're sitting here August 9th, and we haven't seen him in the preseason yet, though, Drake. Uh, he might get cut. He might not make the yeah. team at all. So, you know, uh, um, I, I saw his ADP rise significantly. A lot of folks are drafting him in the 18th round um, on – on underdog and other drafts, which is, I think, completely defensible because the Chiefs are going to score points no matter who the running back is. And if that's Daneric Prince, then he's going to get an opportunity to score touchdowns. I'm sorry my dog is shaking in the background. Um, this is just <laughs> one of those things that happens when you do live radio. Uh, it's all right. We're not uh, 
We're not mad at it. When you said you, you're going to draft Jarek McKinnon, your dog just took a beeline out the door. He's like, I'm out of here. See you yeah. later. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean, look, he was like an RB1 down the stretch last year, and he's RB42. I mean, is it could it be annoying in redraft? For sure. Like, re- redraft, he might end up being a, a type of guy who – gets dropped and then still becomes relevant around November. But Jarek McKinnon is my favorite of these backs to draft. I'm fine with Pacheco. Look, Brett Veach still says he thinks he's going to be ready for week one, in which case all this talk about Daenerys Prince is going to be all for, for moot. But look, he's a big guy, six foot, 215 pounds. Um, and if the Chiefs want to run the ball at the goal line, he could be the guy who who gets, gets those carries. And that will be an important role. Um, it always is for a team that scores as many points as the Chiefs do. Somebody that I'm interested in in the Kings Classic in the first round is Cooper Cup. There are Mm. many times in drafts you'll see him go fourth overall. But with this injury concern about the hamstring, you're starting to see some drafters let him slide a little bit. I saw Twitter today, and again, never call it X. It's the dumbest thing in the world. On Twitter, he was back at practice today. He was doing some drills, running around. It seems like whenever someone has one injury, be it a, a knee, an ACL, he had the ankle. There's always a follow-up the next year with some sort of hamstring, right? And he's getting older. He's 30 years old now. I love Cooper Cup. I put a video out for Fantasy Points where I said, I think Cooper Cup could be in the running for the 101 overall in drafts. And it may, is that some, you know, little hot take-ish? Sure. But it's not that far off. If the guy stays healthy and so does Matthew Stafford, he's going to see eight bazillion targets this year. With him returning to practice today, do you like Cooper Cup in that top five in your fantasy draft, or are you passing him by and maybe looking at Tyreek, maybe somebody else, or or is Cooper Cup okay with you? I like uh, Tyreek more, um, but the fact that he's back at practice so quick after this injury, I think Mm -hmm. it's a phenomenal sign because – Maybe, look, that would seem to indicate to me that he is not, was not seriously hurt at all, obviously, but also that it's such so little a concern that they're letting him practice like a week after, even though there's probably no reason for Cooper Cup to have to practice at this stage. So I think that's a phenomenal sign. Lock him in to the top five, top six, uh, depending on how you feel about Kelsey and or Eckler. I still like Tyreek Hill a little bit more, but I'm totally fine with Cooper Cup. I will say this, though. You know, one of my favorite receivers to draft has been Van Jefferson. He's like, he's wide receiver 60, somewhere around there. They need him so badly. Look at their receiving depth chart outside of Cooper Cup and Van Jefferson. Um, Their number three is a guy I lovingly, um, and I'm sure he's a lovely individual, but I lovingly call him Cooper Crap. That's Ben Skoranek because, uh, it's 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 when you see the white guy on the on the on the Rams uh, try to catch a pass and he drops it and you're like what the heck Cooper Cup and then you're like oh yeah that's not Cooper Cup it's the other one um, Cooper Crap Ben Skoranek you have uh, Puka Nakua who I haven't heard I, like he was getting mini camp buzz I haven't heard a ton about him so far but I think he's got a shot the the youngster out of BYU he you could comp him to Robert Woods if you like him Tutu Atwell's a rotational player at best he's not big enough to be anything more than that and they they have Demarcus Robinson, who's been on every team in the NFL. So they need Van Jefferson badly. The fact that Cooper Cup was already banged up is uh, is a concern to me. So Van Jefferson's becoming one of those guys I'm snapping up as my fifth receiver in best ball, and I think it's really a defensible take. He's he's not somebody who's put up big numbers in his career, but he's one of those he's one of those receivers receiver. Oh, you know, he was one of the best route runners. He was really good at getting open, Van Jefferson, but he doesn't put up the big numbers. Last year he had some injuries. This year Stafford's back. I think Van Jefferson could be in for a big year. He's a great guy to have as like your wide receiver six. You just kind of put him on the roster at the end. You're like, eh, I'm never going to start this guy. Let's see what happens. And yeah. who knows? Maybe in a bye week or if something happens look, to Cup. Look, Drake. Speaking of stuff, this ha- is going to suck, by the oh, way. Oh, terrible. They're, they're going to be. be it's Aaron Donald shit. and a bunch of guys. So, I mean, I mean like, they're going to have to throw the ball. Somebody's got to catch it. One other aside about the Rams. You ever notice nobody ever calls Cooper Cup Cup? It's always Cooper Cup. <laughs> it's always the, it's always the full name. I think it's the only player on whom that that we do that. Anyway, that's just the. It's true. Side. My wife would always say that with me with like guys from college. She would say like, you know, you're Drake and this other guys, whatever their names are. But then there was like a guy's name's Wayne, so we just call him Wayne. No one, you know, his last name's actually Frick. So you figure, well, you're not gonna call a guy Frick all the time. But uh, 
but we had a buddy. His name was Rob Barone. So two different names. But I combined it basically Rob to one name. And it was just Rob Barone. He's like, is that's his yeah, full that's name? A, like, I've never heard of that before. But it's in like iambic pentameter or something like that. Even though Cooper Cooper Cup is only three syllables, but it just, it, it, you know, it just uh, it, it just flows together the right way, I, yeah. I guess. You know, you Rob Barone is only three syllables too. But so if you have a unique name, people are going to call you by that name. Like if your name is Sky, like Sky Moore. Now, if you listen to our uh, good friend, the guru, John Hansen, especially in the mornings on Sirius XM, and why wouldn't you be? He loves Sky Moore. He loved him last year, loves him again this year. Underdog ADP of 92. That's an eighth-round pick. But, Joe, I got a feeling this thing's going to start shooting up here. Reports out of camp are, is it Sky Moore? He's locked in. He's playing in the slot. He's going to be on the field basically in all wide receiver sets for the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony just can't get on the field. GM Brett Veach is saying the organization expects him to be ready for the opener on September 7th, but he had another surgery to clean up uh, his injured knee on the 25th of July. He's always got something going on. He can't get on the field. Their ADPs are right next to each other at 92 and 94. I'm hammering Sky Moore in drafts left and right. I'll take him around early. I don't care. I want him on the roster. He's part of this tier of wide receivers that I'm kind of considering the give me one more chance tier. I love it. And they're all going in kind of the same range. That being um, guys who have had some hype, guys who never lived up to the hype. Gabe Davis is going in this range. And there's uh, George Pickens is going in this range. Guys who had a, a lot of hype. Elijah Moore. Elijah all of Moore. these guys are getting drafted around each other. All of these guys... Um, for one reason or the other, failed last year. George Pickens didn't get enough volume, um, owing that maybe to the fact that the Steelers' offense was broken. Gabe Davis had the high ankle sprain early in the season, and one of the things that happens is I think we penalize guys um, if they play through injuries and don't play well, vis-a-vis if they were to sit out three games, get healthy, and then play well. Um, Sky Moore... It's a difficult offense to learn, I think, Andy Reid's offense. You need to get on the same page as Patrick Mahomes. Additionally, they put Sky Moore on punt returns last year. Do you remember that? He had never really done it in college. It showed. (laughs) Right. He he muffed a bunch of punts. And, you know, it might just not be a skill set that he has. And... Maybe he gets into his head, oh, man, I'm trying to learn how to be a punt returner, and I'm obviously going to do that because my team is asking me to do it, and that's an incredible opportunity. I get to be the punt returner for the Kansas City Chiefs, and maybe it's just not in his his repertoire. So it's hurting his game. It's hurting his, his mental um, focus. It's hurting his concentration. It's hurting his confidence. And then maybe he just needed to take a step back, and this year is going to be the year he's going to be able to come out and contribute. His ADP is virtually identical, I think, to what it was last year. I got to be honest. I know it's easy to make fun of John. And look, I've definitely poked at John about Sky Moore last year. I'm in, man. I'm in. Mm -hmm. Juju's gone. Tony, cadaverous Tony, which is a John Hansen special. Can't get on the field. MVS is a guy. I'm in, man. I'm in on Sky Moore. Rasheed Rice, by the way, I think limped off in practice this week so he's a another guy he's the rookie second rounder who i've been drafting just because i like talented players in the chiefs offense but sky's the guy i want right now when we review my king's classic team next week i will be shocked if sky Moore is not on that redraft team uh let's pop over and talk about a couple of running backs here kareem hunt this is an interesting situation so it's kind of these nfl insiders the Schefters of the world and ian rapaport they get all their information from agents. It's just agents feeding them things. Of course. And so now he went and visited the Colts and he left there without a contract. You know, the Colts are trying to play something up here with Jonathan Taylor because he's either injured or holding out because of his contract. You kind of can't get a story straight either way, but he was also uh, a few days ago. He was, where did the ah, now it escapes me? Where was Kareem Hunt just the other day? And they're like, Oh, he had a great visit. The Saints, the, the Saints, that's right. Thank you. So he's with the Saints, and they're saying, Oh, he had a great visit. Then they were saying, Oh, wait, he never even warmed up and got out on the field with them. So it's like, 
come on, insiders, get your, your stuff straight. You got uh, Diana Rossini saying, oh, he just left there without doing anything. Uh, and other people are saying he had a great meeting and workout with the team. And I mean, come on. But anyways, Kareem Hunt. So he leaves the Colts, Joe, no contract. So he theoretically could go back and sign with the Colts, could sign with the Saints. They're going to need somebody. And we can uh, parlay this into some Alvin Kamara talk because he's suspended for three games now. Uh, what are we going to if Kareem Hunt signs anywhere? There's a lot of talk that he's shot. If he went to the Colts, I think they're going to figure it out with Jonathan Taylor. He's not going to miss games this season. I kind of don't care where Kareem Hunt goes at this point. So Kareem Hunt, uh, let me dig into the numbers. Uh, by our fantasy points data metrics, of, of course, across the board, he was worse than Nick Chubb and everything. That in and of itself is not really descriptive, Drake, because everybody's worse across the board than Nick <laughs> Chubb at everything because Nick Chubb is awesome. But here is the one thing that, about Kareem Hunt that surprised even me when I dug into the numbers. Among uh, running backs with 200 or more routes run, Kareem Hunt was fifth worst in the NFL in yards per route run at .89. So even the one thing that he did reasonably well, or, or at least the team thought he was doing reasonably well, he was not good at. And Nick Chubb was actually a lot better than him in that regard. Meanwhile, Alvin Kamara, even in a down year, was fourth best in that category last year. So let's just say he goes to the Saints I think it's just more an indictment or at least an indication that they plan on redshirting Kendra Miller a little bit than it is mm -hmm. a, 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 that he's going to take a huge role away from Kamara or Jamal Williams. For the Colts, it's a little different because the Colts running back depth chart is not, on paper, is not good beyond um, beyond Jonathan Taylor. And I mean, Jonathan Taylor isn't even there right now. Obviously, Zach Moss got injured. Zach Moss could miss time into the regular season. Right now, they have Evan Hall, who's the rookie out of um, out of Northwestern. Deion Jackson, who got some run last year, but was decent with volume, but really little else. And they have Kenyon Drake, who's been around the block a couple of times. That's a terrible running back depth chart. I mean, you could make an argument that if Kareem Hunt were to go there, Kareem Hunt could play his way into a starting role. Uh but I'm just not sure he's very good anymore. And I wish I had a more insight into the Jonathan Taylor situation. I don't. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, it seems like he's holding in. Let me read uh, what Edwin Porras wrote, wrote uh, for us in our company discord today. Um, here's what he said about uh, Jonathan Taylor, who apparently, who the report was what he, he got permission to go away from the team to get treatment on his ankle in a different way. Well, here is what Edwin said to me today. He said, it smells like a hold-in. If he claims the ankle, they'll either have to reopen that event in the medical record if it was closed, or they haven't closed it. So as long as he claims to be rehabbing, they have to keep it open and document on it every day legally, which means legally he can still claim workman's comp, which means legally they can't put him on the non-football injury list. If you remember, they wanted to do that and they reference his back and then jt went to twitter right. saying like i don't have a back injury i've never reported a back injury you can't do this so this could just be the workaround right so like the literally if they were to say we want to put you on the nfi list because of your ankle well they can't that was a football injury that was documented so mm -hmm. it does sound like this is kind of a, a tactic from jonathan taylor i wish i had some insight here drake kareem hunt floating around out there isn't great but like, look, if Jonathan Taylor signs with the Colts, we're going to forget about Kareem Hunt, even if Kareem Hunt does sign with the Colts. So uh, if, if Jonathan Taylor returns, I hope they give him an extension. But this is this is an ugly situation right now. And that's why Kareem Hunt's taking visits. Let's touch on Elvin Kamara in that situation, because Kareem Hunt did technically visit with the Saints, I guess you could say. Hunt's going to be out for three games. We've got the rookie Kendra Miller down there, but we've also got last year's touchdown leader in Jamal Williams. So Williams could be a screaming steal in drafts and help you win some games the first few weeks. Kamara still has an ADP inside the top 90. So, you know, you can get Elvin Kamara. You're going to have to spend probably a seventh round pick at the latest right now to get him. I feel like now that people know the dust is clear and it's three games, they're kind of like, Okay, I get what Alvin Kamara is. And but everyone's now working up like, oh, he's going to return to his Drew Brees numbers with Derek Carr. Derek Carr has never proven to be that accurate of a quarterback or yeah. someone who likes to feed his running backs anyway. So I kind of I don't get that narrative. Well, 
Let me push back on that a little bit. Uh, over the last, I think, five seasons, he's actually checked down at the fourth highest rate in the NFL. So that that could be uh, a, a boost for Alvin Kamara. And quite frankly, three games was less than I was anticipating. As a matter of fact, I think it's less mm-hmm. than a lot of Saints fans were anticipating for Alvin Kamara. So this really creates a really interesting opportunity here. I don't think I'm in on Kamara, but like, I got to be honest, Rick, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a little bit of a renaissance here. And he doesn't need a big renaissance to pay off at his ADP. He just needs to get back to being like 70% of Alvin Kamara, and he'll pay off at that ADP. But So it's a really – this was a player I was planning on being completely out on, and I still might be. Like, I still think there's going to be players like, for instance, Sky Moore getting drafted around where he's getting drafted. I'm going to be more interested in that player. I'm going to be more interested in in some other guys. But Kamara's situation is a lot better on August 9th than it was on July 9th, in my opinion. Yeah, you got to take Alvin Kamara. He needs to become a space player. They need to do with him what the Eagles are looking to do with DeAndre Swift. You've got Jamal Williams now. He can do that Mark Ingram role from a few years ago. I want him you know, banging in between the tackles from 20 to 20. Let's get Kamara out in space. Do I think he's going to see you know, a hundred plus targets as he did when Drew Brees was there. I don't know. I doubt it, but he's got to be a little better than than last year's 57 receptions. Uh, You know, and and I think, you know, with a three game suspension, that's probably going to be the number that he's going to land on almost to the nuts. But uh, at that ADP, he's healthy. The team should be okay. They got a really good defense. I'm in on him in the, you know, seventh, eighth round. I'm fine with that. There's a guy going right after him in drafts, Joe that is getting buzz like I haven't seen before. Well, really, it's just the buzz of the week. And it's James Cook from the Buffalo Bills. People are talking about Cook as far and away the running back to own in Buffalo. Uh, we've got Damian Harris now. I, uh, I was just reading a minute ago. It looked like he got a little beat up. Uh, he's nursing a sore knee. So, I mean, you got Latavius Murray coming in behind him. Wheels are up for James Cook here. And now, again, ADP of 88. You're looking at about it. him in the eighth round. Yeah, that's going to go up. It. No, that's not it. You're not getting him in, at, at that point anywhere near here uh, going forward. And it's been, this isn't just fantasy guy wish casting, okay? This isn't like, oh, fantasy guys see that Sky Moore was a second round pick and he's playing for the Chiefs. So fantasy guys love Sky Moore. No, this is Buffalo Bills beat writers who are like, hey, yep. guys, you know, James Cook's getting all the first team reps here. Uh, Damian Harris is just really spelling him and he's been banged up. Um, I think the reason people were concerned about James Cook, and this is valid, the Buffalo Bills have really not run the ball consistently well at all with with Josh Allen at quarterback. And it's probably put too much of a burden on Josh Allen's body for him to basically be their top runner and and their quarterback. And I think people view James Cook as he is this scat back. He's this, he's a smaller version. He is literally... Drake, lowercase Dalvin Cook. He's Dalvin Cook's little brother. But it, it it goes down to skill set as well. But he's smaller than Dalvin, and I don't think anybody would consider Dalvin Cook a bruiser. But in the right scheme, you have opportunities to create running lanes. You're not going to run the, the Tennessee Titans offense with Josh Allen at quarterback and James Cook at running back. You're just not going to do that. And teams have really been starting – to run a lot of too high against, uh, well, really against more more of everybody, but they have been doing it against Buffalo Bills because teams want to pre- prevent big plays. They don't want they don't want the single safety to have to cover um, the entire middle of the field. Teams ran more too high last year than they have in any recent year. Well, what does too high mean? Well, it means the box is lighter, which means a smaller running back might be able to find bigger lanes. I'm in on James Cook, man. Damien, Damien Harris, he can handle the he can handle the muck and the mire when it gets to November and December, and maybe they have a wind game like they had against the Patriots last year. And Damien Harris is really good at that. But Buffalo, while they would like to run the ball more effectively than they have with Josh Allen at quarterback, Buffalo is going to be a pass-first team. They have Josh Allen and they have Stephon Diggs. That is a pass-first team. That is a pass-first offense. James Cook can be the RB1 in a pass-first offense. And I think his his ADP, you could say it's RB28 right now, 88 overall, forget about it. Like, we're, we're looking at the past. I have to keep my eyes to the future. I like James Cook. 
this feels like the classic guy, though, who I'm like, oh, my God, Drake. I'm going into every draft, and I'm getting James Cook in every draft this year. And you know who else is thinking that? Everybody else in the draft. And it gets juiced up, and then all of a sudden, he's more expensive than DeAndre Swift, and he's more expensive than Alexander Madison in your your salary cap or auction draft. And then you're like, well, I thought I was going to get a lot of James Cook. I got none of him, though, because there was somebody who was crazier about him than me. This is that classic case, and I think it's justified. Mm-hmm. But am I going to stand here and say, I love James Cook so much that I'm going to rank him at RB15? I just can't do that, man, because the, some of those caveats do apply. I have him above markets right now. It's going to end up being in line with markets, if not below market by the end of the summer. So this is one of those adva- things that's advantageous for maybe you. You're going to the Kings Classic this weekend. Now, everybody mm-hmm. in your draft is going to know about the James Cook hype, but I still wouldn't be shocked if in that draft you're doing this weekend, we look back on it and say, wow, you got James Cook in the seventh. You know, I, I feel mm-hmm. like I feel like the hype is justified here. It's a great team. Although I would argue, I don't think they had a great offense last year. No, it's a I think it's they, it's a two-man show. It's Josh Allen, put the Superman cape on, run around, find Stefan Diggs. And, and when you have those two, you're gonna have a good offense. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they had all the parts to be a great offense. Gabe Davis's injury had something to do with that. Obviously, they thought Dalton Kincaid is somebody who's going to help them going forward. And Dalton Kincaid's getting a lot of camp hype himself. That's a guy I've very much struggled with from a fantasy perspective because, you know, the history of rookie tight ends and the fact that Stefan Diggs is still a, a target hound here. But going back to the point, there is plenty of opportunity for somebody to emerge here as a really good weapon. And James Cook has the talent. He's got the pedigree. He's got the opportunity. Uh, wheels up on James Cook. I just fear that everybody has their wheels up on James Cook. So James Cook, obviously 88 is going to change in his ADP. Let me throw at you a couple of running backs that are coming off the board ahead of him. You tell me, do you want James Cook or this running back? Rashad White at 82. I want White. Okay. You know, this is one we we, we just did a ranking summit. Um, with John Hansen, and it was our our staff. Um, we had me and Scott and Graham and Tom, and we also had. Uh... By the way, this is the ranking summit where Tom realized he had to buy a new computer. We were actually supposed to have Brawley on this podcast, but his computer just wouldn't run. It, we, we he finally got meetinged out, and um, we had this. And Jake Tribby and Ryan Heath were there, and it was really um, a summit where. John John really is is the the last guy on the projections. That's always been the case. It still is the case. But he wants to take input. And it almost felt like an intervention at times. You know, hey, John, I think we're too high on this guy. I think we're too low on this guy. And I just, at one point, I sat there and said, just because I want to not, we didn't ambush him. It was completely respectful. But we're like, hey, John, we want you to change this and change that and change this and change that. And he's like trying to make his case which which was all a very healthy conversation. But the one thing I said was, by the way, John, I love your flag plant on Rashad White. And everybody in the room was like, yes, 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 I like that flag plant. He's got an opportunity to be, be a bell cow here. Yeah, the team could stink. But the one thing we thought Rashad White was good at coming out of Arizona State was catching the, pat, catching the ball. And I think he'll do that. And you can look at the efficiency metrics. All of our fantasy points data efficiency metrics – Rashad White was freaking awful last year in them. You know who else was awful was Leonard Fournette. And what I think now Leonard Fournette got cut. So I mean that tells you what they thought about him, but I think that's more of a systematic failure. That was a garbage ass offense. I thought it was terribly called. The offensive line had a ton of injuries, which Byron Leftwich couldn't couldn't change himself. But I thought the offense was terribly uncreative. It was really just Brady dropping back three steps, getting rid of the ball before the defense could clobber him. And I didn't think there was any viable running lanes. And there was no creativity to make up for that. The one thing that stands out to me about that Buccaneer offense and why I think any change was going to be an upgrade. I don't know if you remember this game. There was a point last year where, you know how you can get weird first down distances because of penalties? Yeah, it's like first and 13 or something. Yeah, they had a first and one. It was like first and one or first and two. And, Drake, I lost my mind when we were doing SiriusXM 
fantasy football game day because on first and one or first and two, they ran the football. And I thought that was so just that, that what a perfect microcosm for what the Buccaneers offense was last year. Can you think of a better down and distance to just take a shot down the field? It's first and one. If it's incomplete, then sneak the ball on second and one or do it again on second down. And I thought that spoke to how scared they played last year, how they had no answers for anything. And I think just having a new perspective in there with Dave Canales at offensive quarter, even if I don't know what his offense is really going to look like, I think that's going to be good for Rashad White. And then you look at the depth chart behind him. I mean, you want to talk about maybe the thinnest running back room in the league? Keyshawn Vaughn, Sean Tucker out of Syracuse. Yeah, like the, the Patrick Laird. Oh boy! Like I mean, come on, man! Like, I've, um, I not not because I'm a Syracuse homer, but I am. But I'm telling you, I think I think Sean Tucker makes this team. This guy was a Heisman contender a year ago, entering the year, and he had this weird heart condition thing that scared teams off. He's yeah. Fully healthy, he can catch the ball. I think he's going to make the team. I think he's going to play. He might be their second best running back, and like, no, literally, he's the one I'm the most worried about. Chase Edmonds is there. Dave Canales is singing Chase Edmonds' praises. Okay, okay, Dave. I mean, you know, he's the <laughs> offensive coordinator. He's got to sing everybody's praises. The opportunity is yeah. there for Rashad White. No question. I think but who's to say he can't be like James Conner last year? A bell cow on a bad team who ends up being completely fine for fantasy. R.I.P. Marlon Mack just had an Achilles injury in Arizona, uh, just thinning things further behind James Conner. James Conner's a guy, you just mentioned him, you can get him at 80th in a draft. I love drafting James Conner. He's good in every aspect of that team. Their offensive line stinks. I get it. But they're going to get Kyler back. He's never going to be your first. He's probably not even going to be your second running back. So if he's your third, maybe you throw him in at flex or whatever, I think you could do a lot worse than James Conner as your RB3. Um, I, I think you can do absolutely a lot worse. The funny part is you said you love drafting James Conner. I do. I hate drafting James Conner. <laughs> but it's been a good investment, right? And I've been out the last two years. I And I feel like, oh, this is definitely the year he's missing 10 games. You know, uh, you can deal with a running back missing two or three games. You know, at, at all running backs do. I have missed the boat on James Conner two years running. I He was a guy I avoided two years ago, like legitimately avoided. Not just, oh, you know, I wasn't in on him. I didn't have an opinion. No, I've been out on him two years in a row. I, will, I refuse to be out on him again. Scott Barrett really likes him too, by the way. It's just Smart he's guy. one of these guys who – and he was in this – he was actually in this category last year. You know who a lot of those league-winning running backs were last year, were the guys nobody wanted to draft. Mm-hmm. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders. The, the big one, of course, was Josh Jacobs. Nobody wanted to draft Josh Jacobs. Uh, guilty. I didn't want to draft Josh Jacobs. And once again, this is where I see the running back market this year. Because there's so many guys nobody wants to draft – I think you can get four of these guys, hope one of them kind of hits as like a low-end RB1, and you just cobble the rest of your running back, your backfield together. Like your guys like Connor, um, Rashad White, nobody wants to. Everybody's going to want to drive James Cook soon, so he's not in there. Rashad Penny, you know? Like David Montgomery is still in that category. Like all of these guys are viable fantasy running backs, so you can get rounds and rounds and rounds into your draft. James Connor among them, and – I just called Tampa Bay's running back depth chart the worst in the NFL. Yeah. Keontae Ingram, Corey Clement, and Tyson Williams is behind um, is behind James Conner. Clement, I have a soft spot for, for obvious reasons, Drake. Uh, of course. But he's special. dealt with injuries. There, He had an opportunity. I thought the year after they won the Super Bowl, uh, trivia question, by the way, the Eagles' leading receiver in Super Bowl 52 was Corey Clement. Um, he... He got hurt, and then he kind of fell out of favor, as can happen with running backs um, in the NFL. Like, oh, he got hurt. We're just going to turn through to the next guy. I really thought the Eagles – he was a player the Eagles liked. He just couldn't stay on the field. But that's the problem. He can't stay on the field. And how could you have somebody behind James Conner as his top backup who can't stay on the field? So uh, Conner's yeah. 100% a guy that I think the, the fact – the status of their depth chart shows that they trust him to be their bell cow. I used to like Tyson Williams. Remember he was the thing for a minute in Baltimore? 
when all those guys were going down, I couldn't believe that he couldn't stick, stick and stay. He yeah, felt like a there, great fit there. There must, there was clearly something they didn't like about him. He wasn't practicing mm-hmm. well because they they went out and they went ran through a bunch of retreads in that. I think they went and signed Bam Morris again, and you know, and they still wouldn't put Tyson Williams back on back on the field. So there was something going on there behind the scenes, like just not practicing well, not picking up the playbook, whatever it was. That that's what would happen with him. I'd rather have Zach Morris at this point. So <laughs> Bam Morris, you remember Bam Morris? I remember Bam Morris out of Pittsburgh, right? He was yeah, guy. and then he he signed with he signed with the Ravens. I think he had a I think he had a relatively successful marijuana emporium uh, uh, during his playing <laughs> career. Uh, that was uh, I think that was that was Bam Morris's claim to fame. So, uh, but he he was the starting running back for the Steelers in that uh, in that Super Bowl they played against the Cowboys back in uh, Super Bowl Thirty. That was the last oh. time the Cowboys were uh, past the a- NFC Championship game, by the way. Well, the starting quarter, the starting running back in, for the NFC squad in last year's Super Bowl was Miles Sanders for the Eagles. Now he is with the Carolina Panthers. There was a fun video that circulated this week on social media showing Frank Reich talking to Miles Sanders about catching the football. And he, he brought up 2019, Sanders' rookie year, when he caught 50 passes. And he's like, yeah, we're going to get you back to doing that. And, and Sanders is like, Hell yeah, man, I'm for it. I want to show my whole skill set. So Miles Sanders, again, talking about guys nobody wants to draft, going off the board, pick 63. You know, he's around a sixth-round pick at this point. Nobody in fantasy I've heard talk more about the Carolina Panthers than you, Joe. Maybe it's because I do a show with you nearly every week. But Carolina, (laughs) I, I think, is sneaky, not good, but, like, Nobody wants to draft any of these guys. I, there's camp hype now for Jonathan Mingo, but you've got DJ Chark. He's catching balls all over the place. You've got an underrated, I think, offensive line. You've got the number one pick in the draft. I think Carolina could be sneaky in a terrible division. And why can't Miles Sanders just produce week in and week out when healthy? So the thing about Sanders is he averaged 10 yards per catch as a rookie. And then, I mean, he just completely collapsed like into being one of the worst receiving backs in the NFL. I have no clue what happened. How do you come out and catch 50 balls at over 10 yards a pop as a rookie and then not be able to even approach that number the rest of the, of your career. That is so bizarre to me last year, Miles Sanders as a receiver. Uh, let's see here. He caught, um, he had, what, he had 78 receiving yards last year. Is that right? Yes, Atlanta. He caught 26 of his 20 or he caught 20 of his 26 targets for 78 yards. That's well, that's the Kenny. That is horrific. Not one Eagles running back caught a touchdown pass last year. I got a feeling that's going to change. So I, I don't understand this. Among running backs with 75 or more routes run. Do you know who was last in yards per route run? I'm going to say Miles Sanders. It was Miles Sanders, 0.39. Just above him, 0.48, Ezekiel Elliott. 0.49, the aforementioned Zach Moss. Patrick Ricard averaged more yards per out run than Miles Sanders. The Ravens are working Patrick Ricard on the offensive line this year. I thought it was the guy from Star Trek. Uh, USS Enterprise. Now that's Jean Luc Picard. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about Star Trek, but I do know that. Uh, that was a YTMND.com meme. So that was uh, certainly something that I that I remember from the er, er, early days of the weird internet. Yeah, Miles Sanders averaged 0.39 yards per route run last year. 0.39. I need to know what happened to his juice in the receiving game because that is an. That is an abysmally low number. Now, you do have to keep in mind that if you're running routes out of the backfield in a Philadelphia Eagle offense, very often you're not even going to be looked at on those routes because Jalen Hurts is taking off. That is part of that is part of why Miles Sanders likely struggled uh, in that department. But it still doesn't explain the precipitous drop-off from his rookie year to this year. And if he can do that, he's going to go down as one of the just absolute hammer values at the running back position. Because look at the depth chart. Chuba Hubbard is less than a guy. I mean, he's he's a body. He's um, less than a guy. <laughs> like, or, you know what I mean? Like, just a guy. We, we call him a jag. Just a guy. Yeah. Chuba Hubbard. All right. I'm sure he needs a, to be a t-shirt. 
I'm sure he's a nice individual. I, like, I don't want to insult these people as as human beings. But, I mean, we're talking about a guy like Miles Sanders who just could not do anything last year as a receiver. And I, I got to be honest, I don't get it. I don't get why he couldn't do that as a receiver last year. Um, and two years ago, by the way, he was 53 of 77 running backs in that regard. So there, this is now two straight years front by a fantasy points data where he was one of the least efficient receiving backs in the NFL, if not downright the worst. And last year he was the worst. They said he caught 50 passes as a rookie. Deuce Staley was there, the running backs coach. He was there in Philly when Miles Sanders was a rookie. Maybe they see some untapped potential. I have been clicking Miles Sanders' name. I don't feel great about it. Like, it's not one of those things where I'm like, yeah, baby, I got Miles Sanders, but it's really easy for me to talk talk myself into him in the sixth round when I look at the state of that depth chart, when I look at the contract he got, and look at how he produced last year, albeit in a great offense when nobody wanted to draft him last year. And this year he has a clear runway to opportunity in Carolina. And the uh, offensive you, line is good, by the way. Yeah. If you want to draft Miles Sanders, why don't you go over to Underdog Fantasy? They've got the biggest fantasy football tournament of all time going on right now. Best Ball Mania 4. They're giving out $3 million. Can you believe that the first place? Holy moly, I got to get on there and start drafting even more teams. Signing up is so easy, guys. You know how to do it. Underdogfantasy.com. Download that app in the App Store. Use promo code FANTASYPTS. When you use code FANTASYPTS, we're going to match that first-time deposit up to $100. You put $100 in, boom, now it's $200 thanks to Fantasy PTS. For an added bonus, Joe, we still doing this? You use Fantasy PTS. We're going to throw you a $5 Fantasy Points subscription? Yeah, exactly. $5 Fantasy oh. Points subscription. Oh my God! Folks. How about that? Yeah, yeah, one hundred and fifty-five dollars just out of thin air. That's what we're you get. Three hundred to underdog. We're, we're knocking fifty-five bucks off the subscription to fantasy points, folks. You go prep for your home league drafts by drafting on underdog because these people got a little skin in the game, and you can win some big cash. Must be eighteen and up. Nineteen plus in Alabama, Nebraska. Twenty-one plus in Massachusetts and Arizona. Also, you have to be present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms do apply. If you're concerned with your play, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. In Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. In New York, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. And in Tennessee, 800-889-9789. Good luck out there, folks. Make sure you get those drafts in. Use that promo code. What a steal that is. Holy smokes. Whew. All right, Joe, we've banged on a lot of players. I got a few more I want to run by you. In Baltimore, let's switch to wide receiver talk. Rashad Bateman activated off the pup list. It's uh, a weird start to a career for a player for like uh, Rashad Bateman. Came yeah. in, he's a first-round pick. He's got the Liz Frank injury. They shut him down. They're putting cortisone shots in his foot. They go out and they draft Zay Flowers. They sign ODBJ to a big, what, $14 million a year contract. So maybe Rashad's kind of lost in the sauce, but maybe they also know in Baltimore, we can't count on this guy. And it seems like Zay Flowers is a guy they want to count on. I heard a clip today on uh, NFL radio where Harbaugh was just extolling praises upon Zay Flowers, saying he's like a veteran out there. He's telling other guys where to line up. He wants to do extra reps. You know, we can't get this guy to stop making plays, basically. I think Zay Flowers is a guy who a lot of people are going to want to get behind or they're going to say, why wasn't I more behind him once the season gets going? What do you think about this wide receiver group in Baltimore? This is one of those receiver groups where I don't really have a heavy preference for any of them. Um, I guess I haven't really been drafting a ton of Bateman because of the injury issues. But look, outside of Mark Andrews, obviously, who's tight end too. Zay Flowers, wide receiver 45 on underdog. Rashad Bateman, wide receiver 46 on underdog. Odell Beckham, wide receiver 52 on underdog. That tells you that nobody knows what to do with this receiving group, but also you don't have to invest a whole lot into this receiving group to get a piece of it. So I am I'm, I'm comfortable drafting really any of these guys, even Beckham. And like, you know, Odell Beckham is a guy who hasn't been great since like the Obama administration, quite literally. Um, <laughs> true, but like he's cheap enough. And you know, what if he has five big games? This is a new offense under Todd Monken. That's going to spread it out more. 
they're going to give opportunities to all these guys. I'm fine drafting any of these receivers. And it, they're so easy to stack with Lamar Jackson. And that's a better strategy in best ball because I can't imagine a scenario where you're coming out in week one in a 12 or even a 14-team league and you want to start one of these Ravens wide receivers. But mm -hmm. it's easy to do in a redraft league if you're like, you know what, I really believe in Zay Flowers. I believe everything the Ravens are saying about him. And I think eventually he's going to be a fantasy starter this year. It's so cheap to invest in him in the league. This is this is a, a receiving group that I have drafted a lot of because there's any one of these guys, if he, any one of those guys led this team in receiving yards outside of Andrews, you're not surprised at all. So I think... I think it's a really smart group to invest in. And if you think Zay Flowers is the best because, well, you know, he's the one guy here who hasn't been seriously injured within the last uh, 24 months, then that's the guy you maybe you, is the best to draft here. And he was a first-round pick. It's not like he's a scrub. Yeah. The same can be said about Jaden Reed in Green Bay. Uh, he was the 50th overall pick in the NFL draft. And reports out of camp say he's already cracked the lineup as uh, he's going to start in the slot. People are calling him the next Randall Cobb. I've been scooping this kid on a bunch of teams, you know, dynasty wise and even in best ball because, you know, they're going to be looking for some sure hands out there in Green Bay to help out our, our good friend Jordan Love. Christian Watson, obviously, you know, he's somebody going off the board super early, uh, but somebody else is going to have to catch the ball. Maybe it's it's Romeo Dobbs. I doubt it. I think Jaden Reed's got a great shot to surprise us out here in Green Bay. So I love taking him late. And he's one of those guys. If he doesn't do anything for you, you know, you can drop him, go to the waiver wire. It's, he's going to be on five different teams in every redraft league in America this year because someone's going to pick oh, him yeah. up, in, out. It's going to be fun like that. Well, and, and it's not like he has to climb up a depth chart, right? I mean, it's, oh, he's got to, he's really got to work his way over Devontae Adams. And no, there's no veterans here, Drake. Mm -hmm. Christian Watts, I love Christian Watson this year, but He's had, like, what, five good games in the NFL? Romeo Dobbs has had, like, three good games in the NFL. And Jordan Love has no chemistry with any of these guys from a game standpoint. So who's to say Jaden Reed can't make a big impact as a rookie? I love that pick, too. Um, I mm -hmm. like I love Christian Watson. And I, and I like Dobbs at costs. Again, take advantage of the unknown. We don't know what about Jordan. We don't know in Baltimore. We don't know which of these receivers is going to stay healthy or which Lamar is going to prefer. We have no idea who Jordan Love is going to prefer here. So if that's Jaden Reed, well – Somebody's got to catch the football. Yeah, could also be their tight end, Luke Musgrave. A lot of good uh, camp hype about him. So, Joe, we've covered so many folks who are popping off the page of NFL training camp news. I think we've given everybody a good refresher. If they're going into this weekend, maybe they have a draft like I do. I think they'll be all caught up and ready to rock and roll. Uh, so, yeah, we'll be back with the, the grinder, Tom Brawley, talking NFL futures next week. Make sure you guys get over to FantasyPoints.com. The Guru's Draft Plan just dropped over there. You're going to want to check that out. Scott Barrett's anatomy of a league winner. That is up along with Tom's future bets. It's just a fun time to be on fantasypoints.com, Joe. It's draft week at fantasypoints.com. My auction and salary cap draft plan is up. Uh, Graham Barfield's super flex draft plan is dropping um, this week. It just, we have you covered from every angle, man. Uh, it, it's really remarkable. And of course, it, the data suite, of course. Of course. So get over there, fantasypoints.com. Have yourself some fun. For Joe, I'm Drake. We'll see you guys next time on the Two Points Dance. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.